Part 2, Episode 3, U10. Here's a quote from David Beckham. I don't have time for hobbies. At the end of the day, I treat my job as a hobby. It's something I love doing. So in this episode, I'm going to be really discussing and breaking down U10 and what a player should be learning and doing during the phases of U10 development. Okay, now really, it's going to be very, very similar to U9 because at U9 and U10, they play the same uh, format. They play 7v7 if you're in the United States. And um, they still need to develop those individual skills. So there's going to be a lot of technical training Probably a little bit more in coordination to um, ramping up that to make sure they have the proper body movements. But the sessions are going to be, in my eyes, a ton of 1v1 still, a ton of 2v1s, and a ton of 2v2s. So if we look at phase one of training, which would be the first three months, give or take, we're talking heavy, heavy, heavy technical skills. 45 minutes to an hour's worth of, again, ball mastery and those individual technical skills in dribbling, juggling, and maybe at this point, if you've worked really hard at U9, you can start introducing more passing concepts. It just depends on the level of the player. In my opinion, if you don't have players that are very proficient in dribbling and juggling, there's no reason to introduce passing. No reason. To, in terms of a technical development standpoint, you need to make sure that they can manipulate the ball to their advantage from a dribbling and skill standpoint. At least have the fundamentals of it before adding in passing. But again, they're going to be so many 1v1s and 2v1s. Because in my eyes, I want to develop players that can dominate their direct opponent. 1v1. Anywhere you look on the field, there's 1v1 scenarios across the board. Every place or every area on the field, there's a 1v1. If you can dominate your 1v1, you can dominate the game. Beating your direct opponent. Very important for me. Okay, I'll probably ramp up the challenges in terms of dribbling and juggling. Like, for example, we might add things where you have to play the ball up in the air and control it. Um, probably hit certain targets in terms of numbers they have to juggle. So they might have to get 20 right, 20 left, 20 both. Um, from a dribbling standpoint, it would be more, if they understand the fundamentals, it's now implementing more things with speed. right? Dribbling quicker with speed, cutting it with speed, skills with speed. Once they have that fundamental base of skills and dribbling ability it's now trying to develop the speed element because if you watch the best players in the world it's speed everything is done quickly okay hopefully that makes a little bit more sense than that and we go into phase two it's again the same premise a lot of technical skill work and a hell of a lot more 1v1s 2v1s and 2v2s same thing in phase three again ramping up technical skill training um, again this will also include coordination elements and Again, 1v1, 2v1, 2v2. If you have players that can dominate 1v1, 2v1s, 2v2s, you're setting them up for the long-term gain of reaching whatever they want to do because they'll feel extremely confident to beat anybody. Now, they still need to learn the other parts of the game for sure. But if you get the player developed first, it'll pay off in the long run. So by the end of the year... Right, the end of the calendar year for soccer at U10, they should have been introduced and able to perform the 30 technical elements that is introduced at U10. Now, let me walk you through a template of a training session that I would run for U10. Now, this one is going to be another attacking scenario. It's going to be emphasizing penetration, but this time creating a player surplus while having even numbers. So, for example, two versus two, 
You have to try and create a 2v1 inside that game. So the overview of the session is going to look like this. They're going to play a whole bunch of small-sided games. A lot of 1v1s, a lot of 2v1s, a lot of 2v2s, right? Really more 1v1, 2v2s. Less so 2v1s because they're going to try and create the 2v1s in the 2v2, okay? Really focusing on the developing of technique and juggling and dribbling. Um, and there might be some passing just depending on the level of the players, okay? And we're going to work on improving coordination and balance, of course. And then so if we're looking at phase one of this session, it's going to be about 30 to an hour work an hour worth of 1v1, juggling, and dribbling probably, right? Or passing depending on the level of players. Phase two would be 15 to 30 minutes of probably 2v2, right? And that would probably be some sort of transition game where they're going, playing, winner stays on. That way it's competitive. There's a little bit of passion into it. And then if you lose, you come off. Phase three would probably be similar type of thing, but maybe some sort of condition or punishment to the end as well. If you lose and you have to come off and do, for example, you know, 15 jumping jacks, 10 push-ups, something like that, right? Again, to encourage that competitiveness to want to win. And uh, again, you're noticing from this session, it's all small-sided scenarios, or at least I'm hoping you're doing that. Because in my eyes, it's about developing future professionals. They don't need to be working on a consistent basis of 7v7 if they don't have the skill set or the ability to play it. So put them in frameworks that let them develop those overall skills. Lots of dribbling with the inside, the laces, the outside, pulling the ball with the sole, working on various skills like maybe escape moves, changes of direction, scissors or fakes and feints, um, and then incorporate more difficult juggling concepts to really push them in this scenario. Okay, hopefully that's a good summary for you for U10, and I'll see you in the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and finding valuable information from it. Now, I do have a quick ask of you, and that would be to make sure to follow me on all social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, which is at Kyle C. Wilson Official, and on Twitter, which is the Kyle C. Wilson. And if you could help me do that, that would continue to help reinforce the ideas that I want to continue producing content specifically made for you guys to help educate you. And as always, you know I'm there to help as I have $23,195 worth of content available for free through my YouTube channel that will answer and help a lot of the problems that you're going through, or at least your child's going through. So if you haven't found that yet, go to the YouTube channel, Kyle C. Wilson Official. And without further ado, let's get back into the episode.